Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever wanna have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. I mean, this could possibly be one of the weirdest phenomena that humans have. It's just weird. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about a weird phenomena that humans have that is just so weird. And when I talk about it, I think most of you will sit there and go, I never thought about this before. But it's just so different in how humans think through things. Sort of, it blew my mind and it weirded me out thinking about it. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance and Mojo Business Multiplier. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. So I was thinking the other day about how weird it is that things that we perceive as being external from us are normally different than what we think about internally. Now, I know this from working in the field of human behavior and I guess being a specialist at human performance. What I'd notice is that most people don't think about what goes on on the inside. They only think about what's external to themselves. Now, I don't know why this is. I haven't sort of nailed it yet. But if you think about it, someone will say things like, I'm a kind person. Now, I normally ask when someone says that, is that internal or external? And I was explaining this to somebody yesterday, actually. I was having lunch with them and I said, it's interesting how someone can say I'm a kind person, yet they treat themselves like shit because they perceive, well, I'm a kind person externally. For a lot of people, when they say I'm happy, they're just reflecting externally. They're not really thinking about what's going on internally. I know that most people who subscribe to the positive thinking movement do so because they're quite negative on the inside. So they have a lot of negative thoughts. They have a lot of negative ideas. They feel like they're holding themselves back. And so because of that, they go out and they do all this positive thinking stuff in order to try to counterbalance the negativity that they have within themselves. So just because someone expresses something doesn't mean that they don't suppress stuff. And there are lots of things that you can learn in human behavior that really give you huge insights into other people that aren't commonly spoken about. And that's one of them. You know, I normally call it the law of suppression and expression, that what most people express, it's normally the counterbalance of what they're suppressing. And then you've got value structures and value systems and so on on the inside of that. So my values are essentially a void that I have within my own life. And because I have that void, I'm trying to go out there and do certain things in order to fill up that void, which then we call fulfillment. So fulfillment comes from the perception of something missing within ourselves. Like if you've got a high value of family, it's because probably in some point in your past, you felt like you didn't have the family that you wanted, or maybe you had a a goal or an idea of having a better family. And so because of that, it creates a void or a sense of missingness. And your goal is to go out there and achieve that objective by filling it up. And we call that fulfillment. So when we're working towards something that we perceive is missing within our lives, we call that fulfillment, especially if it's within our value structure. So that already tells you that just because someone expresses success externally doesn't necessarily mean that they feel successful on the inside because that's also a void. Also, if you look at someone who looks after their body all the time, that looking after their body and going to the gym and exercising, not only is it a void, but it's also an insecurity. 
So if they don't go to the gym for a couple of days, they'll start feeling insecure. A business owner that's not working on their business or isn't generating good income, they will start to feel insecure about that because that void creates an insecurity. But if they work through that task or they work on that task or, or that area or that value, what will happen is they get a sense of fulfillment within that area. So it's a very fine line that a person's trying to balance out between the void of missingness within their own life that they could call an insecurity or just a sense of loss or missingness, but then also feeling a sense of achievement or a sense of fulfillment. But it's really got me thinking about how silly we are sometimes. Like it made me think about the idea of spitting into your hand. Now we have saliva in our mouth. Now that saliva in our mouth, we find completely normal. Like right now I have this saliva in my mouth. I find it completely normal to have it in there. I don't really even think about it and I don't think that it's gross. But once I spit into my hand, that then becomes gross. So once it leaves our body, we then call it gross. So if I even wash my hands, put on a surgical glove, it was all sanitized and everything. The idea of spitting into my hand and then licking that spit back up is for most people is gross or disgusting. Yet that spit came from inside my mouth and one second later it's on my hand and the other second after that it's back in my mouth. So within two seconds, it went from being completely normal to being gross. We have gas in our digestive system. That gas we don't even think about. It's just in there and if I talk about it now, it's completely normal. But once someone evacuates that gas and lets out a ripping fart, then all of a sudden that can gross other people out. It might even gross you out as well, depending on how bad it is. But that once again shows that same phenomena. We have, I guess, fecal matter inside of our digestive system. That fecal matter is completely normal, especially if it's in the large, well, I mean, it should be in the large intestine. And then all of a sudden you go to the bathroom and you do this big poo or this big bog and now all of a sudden it's gross. I don't think most people would go and pick it up or touch it. Yet one second prior to that, it was in your digestive system completely touching you as a person, but you wouldn't go and touch it once it's external. So it's this weird phenomena that humans have that they tend to think that things external are different from what's internal. I think part of self-mastery is the realization that internal and external have a correlation between each other. And there are these imbalances that are happening all the time between internal and external. And should you be able to look through, think through it, you realize that there's this counterbalancing that's always happening. As I mentioned before, in the area of high performance psychology or whatever you want to call it, which is pretty much what I teach, most humans, what they express, there's normally a counterbalance of what they're suppressing. So you've got this suppression internally and this expression externally. Because let's say some people express that they're this victim, they're struggling in life, everything's so hard. A lot of the time they actually feel fulfilled doing that. So I saw this in my grandmother. When I would go to my grandmother's house, she would consistently complain. I would call her a chronic complainer. She would complain about her health. She'd complain about how sick she was. And then when you would try to help her, she would then justify, oh, it's not that bad. No, everything's okay. Everything's going great. And so she'd almost flip on a dime because she didn't want to have that victimization or that suffering taken away from her. Then I realized she actually feels good complaining about it. So when she's complaining about how sick she feels and how no one comes to see her and all of that sort of stuff, she gets connection. She gets people around her to pick her up and build her up. It makes her feel better about herself. So even though on the outside she looks like she's suffering, on the inside she's actually getting fulfillment. She feels better about herself. And you'll see this with people like when I'm working with somebody, they can sit there and complain about something for 15, 20 minutes. And it looks like they're going through this challenging, tough time, but they actually just felt better by releasing all that or getting it out of themselves. So they have a sense of fulfillment complaining about things. This is why you've got to be careful if you really want to manage and lead people effectively, or you want to be a great parent, or you want to be a great friend. Because sometimes 
People don't want their problems solved. They just want to complain about it or they just want to whinge, whine, moan, hold on to their victim card. They want to do that because they get benefits out of it. They actually feel better by doing that. And I've worked with plenty of people before who complain and, and that they may have had bad stuff happen to them in the past. So they may feel like a victim. But if you try to take that victim card away from them, they will fight like hell to keep it. And I've had people to say to me, you know, I want to get rid of my mental health issues or I want to deal with my depression. I want to deal with my anxiety. And once you start to help them, bang, they fight back and they give you all this resistance and they tell you about all the barriers and why it won't work and all of that. And then they'll just leave and they'll never come back. And what I realized is that that there is them holding onto it because they actually get more benefits out of doing that. On the inside, they actually feel better by having it. They might feel powerful. They might feel strong. They might feel like they get attention. They might feel like they get respect. It also gives them part of their identity. Some people that I've worked with before, they then go and talk about that stuff on large stages and they get paid for it. So now they've got an income. They have all these benefits that most of society don't look at. They go, oh, this person's suffering and this person suffered and poor them. And you know, I'd hate to be a victim and I'd hate to be in their spot. But they don't realize how many benefits this person has by holding onto that victim card. There are plenty of other people who've been through a similar circumstance who don't run around like victims or don't run around whinging and complaining and moaning all the time. Because what they realize is that that pain internally isn't worth it. And then so they get rid of it and they start to use effective tools in order to balance all that shit out so that they can move on with life. But some people have to hold on to their blaming, complaining, justifying, whinging, moaning, victimization, because it gives them a lot more than what most people perceive they get. And this is why the idea of internal and external, once you start to realize that what most people are expressing is a counterbalancer to what they're suppressing, it really gives you a massive insight. You know, there are lots of business owners I work with who complain all the time. Oh, this is shit and this never works. And they'll complain about all these fucking problems, but they also love it. They love running on stress. They love running on adrenaline. They love being an ideas person, coming up with all these ideas and chasing their tail all the time. It gives them this huge adrenaline pump. It makes them feel like they're productive. It makes them feel like they're driven. It makes them feel like they're achieving a lot. And at the end of the day, they go, wow, look at how much stuff I've done. But they're just erratically running around, sharing ideas, telling cool stories, and it makes them feel good about themselves. But then it ends up leading to a shitty place anyway, or this huge rut. And so you'll see them go through these volatile cycles. And the same thing happens when there is a big imbalance between the external and the internal. The bigger the imbalance between the internal and the external, the bigger the mental health problems someone's gonna have. I realized this years ago when I was working with sports models or the fitness competitors and especially women. Now, I don't know if it was more based on a hormonal response, I'm not really too sure. But what I noticed was a lot of them would come in and on the outside, they looked amazing. They're on Instagram. These people are beautiful, awesome bodies. They look after their skin. You know, they go to the gym, they get all their hair done. Absolutely stunning women. And they would come into my office and they would sit there and complain about how fat they felt, how gross they felt, and they would have mental and emotional breakdowns. And what it showed me was the gap between what is known as the personality, which is the persona, versus the personality, which is who they believe they are, was this huge gap. Who they believed they were on the inside was fat, ugly, horrible, disgusting, based on these unrealistic expectations that they create, implanted values from others, not being clear on their own values, their mission and their purpose in life, or what I call our success map. And then they would have this external perception of, I'm beautiful, I'm strong, I'm confident, I'm this really empowered woman. And they put that all out over social media, yet they're having a fucking mental destruction in my office or a mental breakdown. And so the bigger the gap between that persona, which is the mask, the external mask that they show others, versus internally what they're going on, which is known as the personality. The bigger that gap, the more crisis or mental health crisis that someone's gonna have. There are plenty of people out there who look rich and they wanna show the world how rich they are, yet on the inside, 
they're broke, they're struggling, they can't pay the bills. And that creates this huge polarity between the inside and outside. And then they just melt down and fall apart. Some people are massively confident on the outside, but it's a compensation for them feeling a lack of confidence on the inside. So the goal isn't to have these big imbalances between the external and the internal, it's to bring back into balance the internal and the external. Driven mofos. I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears festered inside my mind and I hated myself as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. So I don't really think anyone ever gets that 100% right. Not that I've seen anyway, or not that I've come across. There are probably people out there who perceive that they are balanced, but they're not really. The closer you can get those imbalances, the more stable you will be as a person, the more predictable you'll be, the more on track you'll be, because you're not worrying about trying to express something to the outside world that you're not on the inside. And this is where I get people who reach out to me and they go, you know, Michael, can you do an episode on your podcast on imposter syndrome? Well, an imposter syndrome is essentially you're trying to do something that you're not. Now, if you know that you are because you've got a mission and you've got goals, then you're working into that thing. So I know that in my mind, I've replayed the same vision hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. And that is me standing up on stage, speaking in front of thousands of people, traveling the world. I've known that for many, many years before I, I was even able to do that. So for me, I already knew that that was who I was. So when I describe myself as that person, I just knew that I was a speaker. I knew that I was traveling the world. I knew that I was running a successful business because the vision and the mission were already there. Without that, if I just woke up one day and had an idea and a goal to be something that I wasn't, then that would create that idea of imposter syndrome where a person has this massive gap between who they really are and who they believe they are. So I think imposter syndrome is a byproduct of being incongruent. The clearer you get with your vision, your mission, and your purpose, the more congruent you are with who you are and the more balanced you can be. Also, the more you work on implanted values, the easier it is to be yourself. And when I say implanted values, that also comes down to owning your shadow self or just your shadow. So that's what Carl Jung called it. So your shadow is essentially parts of yourself that you disown. And so I see all these people talking about this shadow work and we're doing shadow work, but most of them don't really know what they're doing. They haven't even read Carl Jung's work or Freud's work or anything like that in order to understand what a shadow is. But essentially, it's a part of yourself that you disown. So when someone says, I'm not a bad person, they're essentially creating a shadow of being a bad person. Now, that means that someone is easily to manipulate because if you say to that person, look, can you do this for me? You know, I know you're a nice person. They will identify as a nice person and they will disidentify as someone who's a bad person. Now, when you're balanced, you realize that you're both a good person and a bad person. It makes no difference. It depends. I'm good to myself sometimes and I'm bad to myself sometimes. Does that make me a good person? I don't know. Does it make me a bad person? I don't really know. I don't even think about it. I just know that I have both of those two things. Are there people who perceive that I'm a good person? And the answer is yes. Are there people who perceive that I'm a bad person? And the answer is yes. So then I'm both. Once I own that part of myself, if someone walks up to me and they say, you're a bad person, I go, cool, yeah, thanks for noticing, bro. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, that's it. You're not as easily manipulated because you've owned that part of yourself, that shadow self. The more you can keep working on yourself and the more congruent you are with your values, your mission, your purpose, and then you create lifestyle balance around your values, and you know what your average week looks like because you plan it based on your values and you also balance shit out, which means that you're not trying to be something that you're not with implanted values. You're not trying to people please others all the time 
and you own the traits that you keep pushing away from yourself or that you don't identify with. The more you own that, the more you're owning your shadow, which then means you're more upright. In great philosophical texts, they say an upright person casts no shadow. So the more that we can stand upright and not lean to one side, the more we can own who we really are. And who we really are is an individual who owns everything that they perceive in others. So if you see someone else and you go, that person's an asshole, and you don't identify with being an asshole, you have a shadow. If someone says, well, you know what, I would never do that, then that's a part of yourself that you disidentify with. So someone will say something like, I would never kill somebody. And I go, well, what does that mean? And they go, well, I would never injure or harm another individual. And I go, fuck off, you do it all the time with yourself. Yeah, but drunk alcohol? Yeah. Is that harming yourself? Is that self-harm? Oh, I guess. Well, have you ever done anything that puts you at risk? Have you ever driven a car a bit too fast? Well, yeah. Well, that's putting yourself at risk. Like, that's just crazy. Like, most people are so ignorant to the fact that they're like other people that they judge that they're so easily to manipulate. And governments do it all the time. Big organizations do it all the time. Marketers do it all the time. Because most people just want to identify with being a, almost like a perfect individual that others can't judge. But when you're like that, you judge yourself more harshly. And that creates that huge polarization between the external that you express and the internal that you really believe. So when someone thinks that they're a good person all the time, deep down inside that they know that they're not a good person to themselves, they just won't admit it to themselves. And so because of that, they keep trying to hide that part of themselves. But then they overemphasize and overexpress or overexaggerate their kindness to others. And then because of that, they get taken advantage of. I really hope that this helps you to think about maybe the shadow parts of yourself that you're hiding from. What are the things that people say to you or that you're afraid of people finding out about you? Go and own that shit. Because once you do, it just means that you're a more congruent individual and you have less emotional and mental polarities. Now, everyone has a little dark box of shit that they hide in the back of their own mind that they hope no one finds out. But the more you can get in there and dig that stuff up and work through it and balance it out, the more balanced you are. Like I've owned a lot of shit from my past. So when someone comes up and they say, you did this and you did that, well, yeah, I did. So what now? Like, what do you want me to do about it? That's part of who I am today. Like it made me a better person. Just because I was like something five years ago doesn't mean I'm like that now. I have grown. The people who judge me for being my past are normally those who haven't grown because they're still trapped in their past. They've had 20 years of no growth. So then when they see another individual that's grown, they go, oh, that person's like this. And so they judge other people based on what they were 20 years ago because they haven't grown. Whereas when you grow consistently, you realize most people grow out of phases all the time. You know, just because a kid shat their pants when they were three years of age doesn't mean they still shit their pants as a 30-year-old. Kids grow out of stuff. Why would people judge you on something 20 years ago unless they were stuck in a place mentally and emotionally that's still 20 years ago? So yeah, if you're consistently growing and evolving, you'll realize that you've grown so much and that you're a completely different person. You've got to keep owning that shit. And the more you dive deep into it, the more you've got the tools to do it, the more congruent you'll be and the more you'll stay on your own path, living your mission, serving your purpose, and getting out there and doing something meaningful within your own life. The more you're afraid of being judged or criticized, or the more you're afraid that people are going to find out shit about your past, the more shame you're going to have, the more guilt you're going to have, the more you're going to lower your self-worth, the more you lower your self-worth, the more you're going to lower your net worth, the more you lower your self-worth, the more you're going to decrease your health status because you're going to do shit that's going to affect your health in a negative way. The worse your relationship's going to be because those relationships are built on someone who you think you should be, not someone who you really are. So people don't really get to know you, they get to know the idea of you. So essentially you're just fucking up your life by being this imbalanced individual that's trying to be something that you're not. So my point is get in there, own that shit, keep working through it and watch it. You'll be more mentally and emotionally fulfilled. You might have less friends, 
You might have less people who try to mooch off you and try to force you into being something that you're not, but your life will be so much more fulfilling because you don't have to hang around dickheads who want you to be something that you're not, who want to manipulate you, who, you know, expect you to be something that you're not. And the truth is that we're all everything that we perceive in everybody else. So if you don't know that you're a bad person, then you're easily manipulated. If you don't think you're an asshole, if you don't think you're a prick, if you don't think you do the wrong things, if you don't think that you're a negative person, like all of those things are things that affect you in a disempowering way unless you own those parts of yourself. I hope that helps Driven Mofos. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to share it. Sharing's caring. And also rate it. We're almost up to 100 five-star reviews on Spotify. If you haven't rated us on Spotify, please do so. I only need 15 more five-star reviews and we hit 100 reviews. So please, if you haven't already done so, just on your Spotify app on your phone, just click the little star and it will bring up a bunch of stars. You can just rate us. It takes like literally two seconds, but let's see if we can get up over 100 in the next couple of episodes. Take care, Driven Mofos. Have a great day, and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.